welcome to Backboard Banter on the boards with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner for the Banter's Ask Pro. She says, little Brooklyn Nets trades, man. They made some crazy ones. I mean, to think that we were here last Thursday and then the next day Kyrie's like, I want out. Two days later, he's gone. Ten hours ago, who knows, maybe 12 hours ago, KD gone. What a trade season. Brooklyn, what are you doing? But also, good job. Like, what a weird situation. I feel like this trade deadline was, like, a lot smaller than it could have been because Kyrie asked out. Like, because the fact that, you know, the NBA is a closed environment, that these small little minor, you know, ask outs or changes in the league can absolutely have massive ripple effects. And I think that's what happened, right? Like, Kevin Durant became available. People stopped doing what they were doing. The Raptors stopped getting calls as as heavily as they were because – People wanted Kevin Durant. People wanted Kyrie Irving. And, you know, that's – unfortunately, I, I, I can be honest about this. Like, they are better than Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, whoever you want to have as the forward. Kevin Durant's going to dwarf them. Man, we were so hyped to be the team that was just, like, holding all the cards, keeping the trade deadline hostage, you know, feeling good as Toronto fans. And all of a sudden, Brooklyn was like, get out the way. Here we go. Our cards are on the table. Unfortunately, nobody picked up the phone when they were like, hey, we got Ben Simmons available, but Kevin Durant, Kyrie, they've moved. We'll talk about it. We'll get into it. Lots to do today. Trade deadline is officially over. We had to wait, obviously, to make sure that we could talk about everything. But let's talk about our takes first. Let's go back to last week. Matt, I was so close. I wanted Thibault on the Kings. The Kings did basically nothing. Again, we'll, we'll get into that, but Thibault turns into a blazer, an interesting pickup. We'll see how Dame feels about it, but I was this close, man, this close. Man, I feel like Portland didn't really do much for this deadline. Like, they didn't change the direction of their team at all. I think teams around them kind of got better. Um, but, yeah, at least you knew Thibault was going. He was not getting any minutes in, in, you know, for the Philadelphia 76ers, so it was time for him to leave. But at least you were better than me, man. Like, I was 1-2 with the Lakers as opposed to 3-0. and oh. uh, LeBron did break the record, though, like I said. Too bad he did it in an L game. Like, Rough. How can this man score 38 points in like three quarters and still they lose the game? Like, it, I guess it was just ISO ball, man. I <laughs> mean, I, st- I stayed up to watch it. Thankfully, West Coast blessing me over here in my mountain time. When he showed up in that black outfit with the chain, oh. I was like, oh, he's going for it. And then he's on the court with the headband. And I'm like, I'm like Matt, you, ca- you called it, bro. 36 easy. Then he has, what, 20 points in the first half? Had no problem. But, yeah, it was an interesting situation to see him break it. Pretty awesome moment, to say the least. Dude, it's so so crazy that it's not a bigger story in the NBA, you know, that it's kind of dwarfed by the trade deadline and and all this kind of stuff. The fact that he broke a record that stood for as long as it did, and he's probably going to finish with over 40,000, I'd say 41, 42,000 points in his his entire career – and the fact that he's averaged 30 points a game over the last two years of his career yeah. just underscores the fact that those scoring titles that separate him and Michael Jordan mean absolutely nothing. He could have gone and scored and won all of those scoring titles if he wanted to. If he wanted to be the GOAT scorer, he could have been, right? Like, he easily could have been. He didn't want it that bad. He just happened to take it because of how dominant he's been since he was 18 years old. Yeah. Like, it's just wild, my friend. Look, anybody who thinks it's not a big deal, 
Uh, I had I worked last night at the ski hill, so you know drove to the hill at three o'clock, drove home at nine p.m. It's only a 15, 20 minute drive. Both times, person on the radio is talking about how LeBron James is is now the all time leading scorer in the NBA. I'm sorry, yeah, I don't really listen to the radio very often, but nobody in Calgary cares about basketball. I'm going to leave it at that, all right? Congratulations, LeBron James. You are a legend. Oh, man, he's 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 the GOAT. He's, he's just awesome. Um, but, you know, I got to also bring it back to the fact that Fred Van Vliet did not get traded. Neither did Gary Trent Jr., so again, I'm like 50-50 there. Um, and unfortunately, we did make trades. We did, you know, trade for Jakob Pertl. Uh, but we'll get into that once we get into Raptors chat, man. Do you want to talk about the last week? Because we went three and zero. I don't know if it really convinced the you know the front office to buy. I think <laughs> that like that was a decision they had already made. The fact that we went three and zero really didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, I still it was the funniest to me. You know, Jacko on Raptors tonight after the Spurs game. Raps are ten and seven in their last seventeen games now. Yeah, that's what happens when you have a three zero week. You finally have a positive above five hundred record. Like, it, it was a tough. It was a tough situation. You know, we love getting our wins, and you know, to talk about any of the wins specifically, Rockets win. Matt, who cares? They're they're not doing very well. Spurs win. Ten game losing streak. I don't need to talk about the Spurs, but the Grizzlies win. The biggest thing for me was the fact Buddy. that we pulled it out. On the back of Scotty Barnes, man, I thought he was going to have a big fourth quarter. He basically put the team on his back. You know, I'm pretty sure Siakam was dealing with foul trouble. So it was it was all Scotty at that point. He had 13 points of his 16. I didn't realize he only had three points before that. So that was kind of funny. But put the team on his back for a big comeback win against a Grizzlies team that, let's not think about the fact that they didn't have Jaw or, or Steven Adams. But still, Steven you know, Adams. Yeah. big W, big moment from Scotty. That's what I saw out of it specifically. Honestly, it's it's great, but I've seen those moments from Scotty all season, right? Like he has had his his flashes that you know is are the reasons that we think that he's going to be a top fifteen player in this league for a long time to come. Um, it's he does have those nights and that that ability, you know, the when he's running down the court yelling, "I am him!" Like, yeah, we know Scotty, you can be him. Oh yeah, and that's why I think like a lot of the fans wanted the trade happen to move in a younger direction right like we wanted to get rid of Fred Van Vliet we wanted to move a Siakam or an OG Ananobi to get you know more in line with the the Scotty Barnes timeline but I think it underscores like we're not consistent enough because we don't have a a set rotation with the the amount of big guys that we have True. they all kind of flop into that center position right between precious between coloco between og between siakam between barnes even right like they all play some center minutes and to varying degrees of success versus varying degrees of opponents right and i think having Jakob purtle now come back to our organization i think he cost us a little bit too much but coming back to our organization He's going to give us that stability at that position and I think allow us to be a better team. But with seven really tough games left out of our 26, we are going to have to pull some magic out of our hats to really, you know, entrench ourselves in the play-in tournament and, you know, make the playoffs. Because right now we, we're the first time in, what, like two months that we're, we're in the playoffs? Probably. Like, not great. Yeah. You've given me so many directions that I want to go from there, Matt. I love it. Like, there's so much going on. The, what I take about it the most is that we're not here week after week talking about, oh, the Raptors this, oh, the Raptors that. We got a little bit of positivity. We got a spark of hope. And, yeah, it's Jakob Pertl, man. Fan favorite. 
You know, a best tweet of the night was somebody pulling up his first game picture and being like, did a quick Photoshop of Jakob and Raptors jersey. See if you like it. Like, fans are hyped, man. Fans are in a good place. We Absolutely. did something, right? You and I would be so frustrated if we did nothing, right? How often do the Raptors just do nothing? So, like, yeah, we probably did overpay a little bit. I was hoping for some, you know, better protect, you know, top six protected on the pick. Would prefer to lottery protected. I don't know how it, you know, conveys after that. But, you know, you think it was just, let's throw in a couple extra seconds. At least it's not two firsts. But, yeah, time will tell what Yaka will be for this team because he's probably going to sign an extension for sure. He definitely, I think, wants to be here. Him and Siakam are, are boys, so time will tell. Yeah, from, from the same draft class. And, you know, like we were pulling up the stats on him, and he's the, the 16th ranked, you know, player efficiency at his position this year. Uh, when you talk about his draft class, he's one of the best players in terms of win share per 48, in terms of actual win share, just total for his career and value over replacement player. Like he's a top 10 player in all of those and top five in, in the majority of those statistics. So he does have a ton of value that he brings to our roster. And again, like you, if you really dig deep into the roster, you notice that our defense is 12 points per possession better with Christian Coloco on the floor, a true NBA center. Yeah. Even though Christian Coloco's not, you know, a top 30 center, let's say, or even like, you know, even on the fringe there, he's still an NBA center. He, he's, he's definitely clearly got the potential to, to, to develop into a top 15 center. But with Jakob Pearl, I think we get a top 15 center in this league, which is going to do wonders for our roster and, and maybe we'll, you know, propel us to pulling that rabbit out of our hat and maybe making the sixth seed. I mean, like maybe we're in the right conference to be able to make a push considering our situation. Cause the East, the East trimmed out a little bit, got top heavy, but trimmed out a little bit. Whereas the the West got stacked, but yeah, you know, I think this is the time to talk about the roster rotations and, and how this affects things. And like anybody who thinks we're going to pay this much for Jakob Pertle and not start him is absolutely insane. Right, so at at this point, you know that he is going to be starting, and if Siakam's not there beside him at the four, you're also insane. So that rotation is pretty much locked up. So it comes to the the next three now, whether it's OG, whether it's Scotty, where Fred and Gary sit in. Right, you got these four guys now, and kind of have to figure it out. Well, I I think that you're definitely starting Gary Trent and Fred Van Vliet. So I think Scotty or OG is the odd man out, and I, it's kind of nice right now that, you know, OG is hurt, not that we want him to be hurt, but it's of nice course. for the team to kind of, you know, at least start Scotty in that role. And then when he comes back, decide how it, how it, you know, better affects our lineup, which one to come off the bench. But it gives us so much more depth now. Now we have an NBA center on our second unit as well. We've got a Christian Coloco and we've got a Jakob Pirtle. That means our defense doesn't have to change based on our, on our player personnel. Hopefully we're not flying around as much on defense because we actually have a true anchor on each unit as opposed to a rotating anchor and mm -hmm. a rotating cast of characters back there. So like, I, I think that it makes us so much deeper because it knocks people back into a spot, a proper spot, right? Like even yeah. if you want to call Jakob Pearl the fifth most important player on our team and like, that's probably generous. You know, he's probably like the sixth or seventh most important player on our roster. Yeah. He's definitely a starter and knocks people into, you know, proper areas where they should be playing. Yeah. So that, that to me is, is a win. And again, we can pull it out. We're in the play and right now. And honestly, us versus the Knicks, we, we do well against the Knicks. 
right? So. And, and we're going to miss Ken Birch, obviously, like, f- a fan guy, you know, a good veteran Canadian presence. Boy. We like you. We like our Canadian boys, exactly. But, you know, time time to move on. And, you know, we rescued that man from Orlando when Orlando was in its, like, crazy dumpster fire situation. So, you know, we, we did our duty for him. But, yeah, we're going to we're gonna love having Jakob. I'm so interested to see what happens, especially when OG comes back because – you're right. Gary probably needs to start if we do want to keep him, which at this point, it looks like we definitely want to keep him at this point. And Fred also with their contracts. So it's going to come down to it. And we were discussing a little bit before this idea of, you know, letting OG start because of how important he is defensively on so many people and letting Scotty and Precious just kind of run that bench. You know, you look at you look at our bench unit besides Flynn, who is our is our short king on that team. Like the rest of that bench mob are tall boys. And you have Scotty, who can facilitate that ball while being tall. You have Precious, who can kind of, you know, flex in a lot of different situations. And yeah, getting Coloco a proper team to run with, like, it's all coming together for me, Matt. You know, I was pretty ecstatic last night before I went to bed. Matt definitely saw that. And I'm a little bit more down to earth today, but I really like the potential of where this team goes forward. Bro, when you texted me, we got him for nothing. I was like, no, no, we gave up. We gave up. Like, I mean, it's not the it's not the two firsts that they wanted, but again, it's you know those second round picks and a very very lightly protected first round pick. At least it's not this year, because yeah. I honestly think that what we signaled by not trading Fred, by not trading Gary, is that we want to keep them. You know, that's a front office priority definitely for this summer is going to you know re-sign those guys so next year we can run it back with this similar team. Um, depending on on the rest of the season now, I'm sure Nick is on a very tight audition over these next 26 games because they've given him one of the major pieces that we were missing. Obviously you and I wanted them to fix the guard spot, but they've seemed to believe that the center spot is really what's going to unlock their team. And, mm-hmm. you know, they showed that in the draft by going Coloco and they are showing it again by, by targeting Jakob Potal. So we'll see how it all turns out. But I'm hoping that Nick can pull out the most out of this roster. I'm hoping that we can make a run for that sixth seed. And I'm I'm hoping that next year we come back and we're a top four seed in the NBA. There's more player growth. Um, you know, maybe we make a big move in the offseason. But I think that the, the team was making the right call here. You know, kind of holding on. And I think they're going to sign Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. Because Gary Gary Trent and Fred have not had those massively crazy seasons where a team True. is going to come in and overpay. Whereas we own their bird rights. We can pay them more than anybody else. So, and, and if it does come together, you know, we have a, a truly positive end to the season, which can happen with this right rotation, right? How do you not want to buy into what could have been, you know, those first seven games still, what a beautiful time to be a Raptors fan, right? Like you take that, you take hopefully the last 20 games of the season, you forget about the middle and you go into next season amped up. But the Nick Nurse comment, Matt, I'm so happy because right at the bottom here of my notes here as my last transition point, I have a simple question, which was if we don't turn it around in the 20 games, does Nurse get fired? And you already answered it for me, man. It's beautiful. Like I'm all wrapped up here when it comes to the Raptors. Bro, he will get fired. I mean, we've got the Jazz, the Pistons, and the Magic this week. So, like, let's hopefully push this win streak to six. Right. Let's get close to the 500 mark and hopefully, you know, entrench ourselves, entrench ourselves further into that play-in. Because um, that would be just, you know, what what this team really needs if they're going to spend those those assets on, on a 27-year-old center who's entering free agency at the end of this year. 
right? Like he's going to now need to be signed. Like we've got quite a lot of, of flux in our roster on key players. There's still question marks that have to be dealt with, but at the end of the day, we're entering a honeymoon period. New players here. The hope is that that honeymoon period provides W's and not just good feelings as well, but I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for these games. We'll see when Jakob starts playing. I still find it hilarious that the man, look, not, not hilarious for the man, but apparently at the beginning of February, he fully packed up his house. He was ready to go, and... I don't know if he booked a hotel room or what, but after the Ravs game last night, he's still in Toronto. He's he spent the night. Perfect. <laughs> Man knew something was going on, and like I think Jakob will be really excited to be back. Right, like this was the franchise that drafted him. He got to be a part of those years. That that's those special years. Unfortunately, he didn't get to yeah. be a part of the finale of it. Right, but to come back to get to be a part of the next step as well. To hopefully become boys with the the new kids on the block as well. Like. I got a lot of hopium going on right right now, Matt. That's that's where my mind is. Definitely, definitely a lot of hope, and it's nice because, like you know, after the the season that we've had, um, I agree that we probably should have gone the opposite direction as opposed to buying. Mm-hmm. But in the sh- in the short term, like it kind of works out as long as we can keep Fred, as long as we can keep Gary, like because if we let them go. Yeah. For nothing this oh my god i'm gonna be so upset about this i'll be yeah. so upset my friend we'll be like, in such a different place oh buddy but okay, okay. i'm gonna have optimism i'm gonna have positivity i'm gonna put out the good vibes around the draft because that's the only thing i can think of hopefully we make the play in or the playoffs and uh maybe around you know i think we could take the Cavs. i think we could you know take the Knicks, the the Brooklyn Nets are definitely gonna probably fall out. I mean, potentially. Do you like? Well, let's just talk about the the Nets at this point, man. I, the I was team about to say about. it's transition time. Let's move into the rest of the league because there were so so many moves. Like, you know, uh, I saw a really good joke that was like, you know, second round picks going around college dorm rooms right now, basically a kind of situation. <laughs> like they were everywhere, but yeah, the Brooklyn Nets. Nothing. <laughs> that's the thing, right? They're just they throw them out, go everywhere. But yeah, Brooklyn, man. From, you know, last week, you know, Kyrie said, I left them in fourth place. Well, who knows where they're going to stay now because Kyrie's gone. KD's gone. They've got a plethora of, you know, good players, right, to surround around Cam Thomas, all right? Can we quickly get Cam Thomas out of the way before we talk about this trade? Three games in a row, 40-plus points. Like, the best part was was the last game was against Phoenix. So Phoenix was like, you guys don't need Kevin Durant. Send him our way. You guys got Cam Thomas, right? Like, Brooklyn is not in a bad place. Like, they're still going to be competitive. They're just not contenders anymore. I think that's that's the exact truth of the matter, is they're going to kind of do what Utah did at the beginning of the season. I yeah. think that they have too many pieces to not be competitive, right? They've got a Mikhail Bridges. They've got a Cam Johnson. They've got a Cam Thomas. You know, they've got these these other players, Nick Claxton and, and you know, a better group to be, you know, horrible for the rest of the season. And I think that's what they want. Because at the end of the day, all of their picks aren't based on where they are. They, they're owed to Houston, right? So it doesn't behoove them to be bad. It behooves them to hope the teams that gave them first-round picks are bad. And that's all that they can hope for. Um, and I don't think that's going to be the case, right? Like those four first round picks from Phoenix, um, what are they? One's this year, um, and then oh, 2025, 20, 27, 29. 
yeah, right? 25, 27, 29, and then a swap in 28 as well. 28, right? So, like, in 2028, 20, maybe Phoenix is worse than you, maybe with a 38-year-old Durant, but you still have a, a prime Devin Booker and a prime yeah. DeAndre Ayton. Like, that roster is going to be middling at worst. This year, they're competing for a championship, so that's going to be a, a back half of the 20. 2025, they're probably still hoping to be competing with a yeah. you know an older Durant, but like they're not going to be high end picks, and so and that also makes it weird with the Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie coming back and only one first round pick in that Dallas deal. Like they're not going to have a shot to be good with draft picks until yeah. the, the turn of the decade. Like it's going to be the 2030s before they can draft some real elite talent. Unless they can turn their second round picks into high end first picks, but the team is like, but the team is fine. I think people are really underestimating what letting Mikael Bridges be a star on a roster will be. We watched him shred the Raptors, like I don't know, a couple weeks ago. You know when Booker was out good. and post, he's good. I think that you know We're you not look great, at the <laughs> yeah, relax, relax. But I think that you know you look at the players on this team and the the capabilities. They have light versions. They have, a, you know, Mikael Bridges is a light Kevin Durant, but being a better well, defender. Very light. Very Kevin light offense. But, but in terms of like his <laughs> defensive capabilities, and if he wants, when he, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. When he when he catches fire from shooting, he can shoot the ball, right? You think about yeah. Dinwiddie, very light Kyrie Irving, right? Dorian Finney Smith closer than Mikael is. Definitely, definitely closer. But you know, Dorian Finney Smith, great role player. Cam Thomas is proving that he can be a starter and actually put in points, like. Brooklyn has a decent team. Like, I don't think they're going to fall out of the playoff race. They might fall into the play-in, but they're going to be, you know, a top 10 team, you know, by May at this point. So I am I think that they did a good job considering that their two stars said, I want out, and they made it happen. Like, you have to shout out, you know, the new, you know, the new owner of the Suns for at least getting this involved with Kevin Durant, right? Like, Brooklyn was, they had an opportunity to be taken advantage of, and Brooklyn really didn't let that happen, you know. You know, KD went where he wanted to go, and they got relatively good assets back for it. Relatively good, I think that's that's the key, man. Because like, you know, yeah, they're still a, like they're the seventh overall team in the NBA this this moment. But I think when May rolls around, they're going to be more likely to be fifteen, sixteen. I think they're going to be able to hold water. You know, I think that they're going to be defensively reliable enough. Mm-hmm. It's going to be whether they can score the ball. Because, you know, Nick Claxton, Mikhail Bridges, like Dorian Finney-Smith, like that's a good defensive core right there. And then you throw in Cam Thomas's offense. 40 maybe, points tonight. Yeah, mate. 40 points tonight, man. 40 points if tonight. Kid, if he averages 40 points for the rest of the season, I'll give you a – Five hundred thousand dollars. Look, Cam, I'll give Cam you Thomas, everything that I own. Best interview <laughs> ever was Cam Thomas believing last year. You know, straight up saying, you know, deadpan face. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a better offensive threat than Kevin Durant was at, at my age for sure. Straight face. So hey, the man has confidence coming out of absolutely every part of his body. Whether he can keep that up, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, man, confidence or delusion? Kevin Durant <laughs> averaged thirty points a game at your age in the NBA. Like, I understand you just had three games of forty points, but like, come on, man. Like, let's. Let's get real here. <laughs> man, man is absolutely riding. Okay. Anything else about Brooklyn you want to discuss, or should we talk about those two stars and where they ended up? No, man. I mean, I guess we can talk about the fact that, like, I don't love Kyrie Irving with the Mavs. Like, I don't know how you're feeling about it, but I think that it was a great way to like, push Luke out the door. 
Like they messed up the Ky- the Kristaps Porzingis trade, right? Like getting Kristaps, they gave up quite a few assets. Those assets never panned out. They didn't sign Jalen Brunson early, and then he commanded double what they would have been willing to pay him. You know, they they balked at yeah. a three year fifty million dollar contract, and he ends up getting a hundred and fifteen this summer. Like, so they messed that up, and now they trade Dorian Finney Smith, who's a good defensive wing that goes next to Luca. He fits next to Luca as a player who's a catch and three oh, yeah. um, kind of player who's a three and D kind of guy. And Spencer Dinwiddie, who's like gives you like sixty five percent of what Kyrie Irving gives you. It's a great right? great role player guard for sure. Yeah. But it, they tough. did win their first game without with Irving and without you know Luca in the lineup, and I don't know if they would have been able to do that with Dinwiddie and and Finney Smith. But man, man, I just I don't love it. I'm personally. really fifty fifty on the trade. I'm really fifty fifty on the trade because on the one hand, I completely agree with you. I completely feel absolutely everything you're feeling, and then the other side of the coin, I go, Kyrie is such a great player beside him right he's proved how good he can be beside lebron and if anyone is like lebron right and you think about jason kidd let me me talk about positive things then we'll we'll talk about the defense after okay let me talk about positive like jason kidd knows how to utilize Kyrie, right like i think that obviously it's hilarious that cuban has another reclamation project added to the roster to try to work with luca like man can we just get luca somebody legit who knows what they're doing and isn't a problem right and yeah you know now to to talk about the negatives right because like i think he's going to be super good super positive i think that in terms of his play he'll be a great fit with luca and especially when luca is able to sit down right how many times Mm -hmm. have you watched a mavs game where they're doing well and then luca sits on the bench and then they're down by 14 at least if Kyrie's there they might only be down by six right like that's the hope but in terms of the negatives yeah there's a lot of weird situations Kyrie's in Texas let's not even think about how crazy that might go at least the state is really large and flat for him so he doesn't have to see any you know borders around it like I don't know man Kyrie's a problem child so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens like in two months or three months like you don't think Kyrie Irving's like pissed because they they don't want to sign him to a four-year extension because, oh, like, man. if I'm the Mavs, he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he deserves a four-year extension. I think that's the – look, Kyrie Irving might be a really good person deep down. Um, you know, he does participate in philanthropy and giving back to community. But from my perspective and from the perspective of, of you know, the way he treats NBA teams, yeah, it's that he is very self-centered when it comes to his money and his role and doesn't care that you're paying him 40 million dollars plus to be there yeah he will leave whenever he wants to leave and he will do whatever he wants to do and you know that is his prerogative and his right but as an nba team you're only worth 20 million dollars even if your skills indicate 40 million because you lack every other intangible asset that i look for when i'm looking at players Right, yeah. I want them to be committed. I want them to be quality human beings who don't make a disturbance. I want them to be, you know, probably not in the media spotlight a ton for controversial things. I want them to be good teammates. Like he's none of those things. I want them to be good leaders. At, at this that point, that Boston Celtics team, man, think about it. Yeah, they were better without him. 
They lost him for nothing, and it didn't affect their franchise. I mean, at all. At this point, if you're a betting man and you're trying to bet money on Kyrie, you may as well put money down that he's going to be on the Phoenix Suns in, in, in six months' times, right? You know, going back with Kevin Durant, like this is the thing, right? Like I don't know what else, what else we talk about Kyrie. Like you have to let the ball play. You have to let the game speak for itself. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to see all the controversy of Kyrie. So we'll see if they could do it, right? Because like Luca proved that he can pull a team with a Jalen Brunson-esque talent pretty dang far and you put Kyrie beside that a true all-star and anything's possible but again this is the west the west is stacked right you know phoenix is is it phoenix suns time do we talk about kevin durant and this this squad over here because yes they traded so much depth but all people can think about and look about is this new starting lineup and how dangerous it is going to be offensively with chris paul devin booker kevin durant and deandre ayton those are four terrifying names when lined up together yeah, I mean, I still don't think that they have a clear favorite in the Western Conference. I don't think like they're the number no. one favorite. I think Denver's still just as good as as, as them. I think um, Chris Paul's slowed down quite substantially, and so having Kevin Durant and Devin Booker is is awesome. But like you just mentioned, their depth is is completely gone. Who are they going to get to guard the best players on the other team on a nightly basis now? Because Kevin Durant can do it, but he's proved that he breaks down. Yeah, he's he can't do it night in, night out. Night out. And he can't do it in the playoffs. And Devin Booker's not a great defender. He's league average at best. Yeah, they like it's going to be the same issue with Dallas, right? Like, you can score 140 points, but if you let in 150... Like, what are we talking about here? No, it, like, you're it's, it's going to be a tough situation. I think that both of the teams have gotten better, and they've had to be. It's why the conversation leading up to this deadline was, is OG Ananobi actually going to get picked up? Because everyone needs somebody to guard somebody in the West now, right? And so, Phoenix, yeah, yeah they're going to put up numbers, but their defense has taken an absolutely massive step back. You traded the runner-up to defensive player of the year that can't be that can't be you know forgotten about at this point underestimated yeah. right it's kevin durant yes but at the same time there are two sides to a basketball game offense and defense so phoenix has a lot to do but you gotta say matt ishbia the new guy who bought that team it just went through this guy is making plays right away so hey you know Yo, man he's trying he's trying <laughs> to get that team team to where they need to go um but i i just don't see it being the the best decision for that franchise moving forward, um, it probably is the only way that they could capitalize on that little bit of window that they had left, though. So at the end of the day, that if they true. win a championship, it's like us trading Jonas Valanciunas. It's totally worth it at the end of the day. Um, and I know I just kind of compared Kevin Durant and Mikael Bridges to Jonas Valanciunas, but... Hey man, uh, it's a weird time in the NBA, and and we'll see because Kevin Durant's pretty finicky. Like maybe he asks out and he wants to go back to Golden State or something. Like I don't know. <laughs> well, this is why this is why I was saying Kyrie could be in, uh, you know, joining that team in the summer. Ah, CP3 just ain't doing it. You know, let's just move along. Look, they doubled their luxury tax to add Kevin Durant to that team. Okay, so Phoenix it looks like they may be doing a lot and. You talk about the window reopening. Yeah, a lot of people would have said that last year their window closed. Well, <laughs> Kevin Durant adds you a, a little bit of extra space on that window for sure. So Phoenix is definitely back. Absolutely. Whether or not they're here to stay, that's the question. Yeah. Man, and talk about like a little bit of window opening. Do you think the Lakers cracked their window? 
Man, Do you think they opened it for a possibility this year? They're a better team after this trade deadline. Like question. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell or Russell Westbrook? Who's a better player? All time Russell Westbrook. But no, right now season. D'Angelo Russell. Right now. I can make the argument for the opposite. That's what's hilarious. I can easily make the opposite for yep. the for the Minnesota is a losing team when D'Angelo Russell is on the court. They're a winning team without him. Russell Westbrook's contributed to the team actually turning around. Yes, at the beginning of the year and last year, he did not accept his role and he was pretty bad. But he's he's pretty good, man. He's been putting up decent stats, you know, good numbers. Um, I love that they got Vanderbilt. I think that was awesome. Yeah. And I think that, like, only having to give up, you know, a protected top four first-round pick and who else to give up? Toscano Anderson and um, who else? Uh, Westbrook, yeah. that and a couple seconds. Yeah, Three exactly. Seconds. It wasn't too much. I but like you're Nothing. you're you're comment about D'Lo though. For me, I think the biggest thing is is like I agree with you, but I think his role completely changes coming to the Lakers, right? And I think he's shooting some of the best, you know, three point percentage of his career at this point, and coming in and asking to do something different. Like I think he'll accept that role. I think he really will at this point. I think he's down to just you know shoot threes and and not have to ball handle as much. But again. I'm talking about somebody who needs the ball in their hands, so maybe I am wrong in that statement, but I think the Lakers got better. I really do. I think a lot of their mini trades that they made here and there did make me better. Now, the Thomas Bryant trade, I don't know. This is Vika Zubac all over again. I'm going to make this statement. Mo again, Bamba, basically. Oh, my God. They bring Mo Bamba in for what they, they <laughs> but, sent out. But still, like, I, think about, I think about some of these trades, and I'm like, are you guys just trying to give LeBron nice things because he's the scoring champion now? Like, we don't need to be nice to the Lakers. Like, Rob Palenka somehow got a very casual W in this trade season, honestly. So, I, and I don't meanwhile, know. We'll like, the Bucks out here spending five first, five second round picks on Jay Crowder, who hasn't played all year and was bad in the playoffs last year. Like, what are we doing? Some teams absolutely got such great value, uh, and some teams got horrible value. Like, think about the, the Clippers getting Eric Gordon back with three second-round picks for Luke Kennard, John Wall, and a protected first. And, like, man, poor, poor John Wall just getting moved around to more teams. You know, Danny Green is with him now, so at least the two of them can, can hang out and chat. But, yeah, what a, outside of those major those trades, there's just tons of little things here and there, a lot of small moves, a lot of teams in the West, you know, adding a little bit here and there, knowing that they need to, considering the state of it. But... It was a pretty fun deadline day. I mean, at least for me, who was able to stay awake, I got to see the the cool blockbusters, and then I woke up to just you know just trades left and right today. So I mean, I enjoyed it. Was it a yeah. was it a trade deadline that had tons of crazy things? I think it's at the moment. I think it's an overrated deadline. I think you're right with that statement, Matt. Earlier before we started recording, I think that people are way hyped up right now, and we'll come well, back down to earth in a little bit of time. Because two people like. Two top fifteen caliber players theoretically yeah. got traded, right? So people are all you know excited about that. But at the end of the day, like Kyrie Irving to me, because of his issues, is not a top fifteen player in the NBA. Because I would take a lesser player like a Tyrese Halliburton, like a Darius Garland, like a Lamelo Ball, mm-hmm. who are not as talented, not as you know finished of products can't do what Kyrie can do, 
but at least they're reliable, man. At least I know they're going to show up to work every day yeah. and they're not going to, you know, start something with a teammate because they read something on Twitter and they feel a certain way today. Like, and that's, that to me, like, is what the biggest issue is with Kyrie Irving. Is he's going to blow that Dallas team up. I, I guarantee you, man. And Luca's like going to not be able to do anything about it. And then he's going to ask for a trade. So at the beginning of the end of Luca in Dallas, you know, maybe we can plan for it and, and trade for Luca in like five years. For, That'd be for, cool. for a second there, I thought I needed to get you a paper bag. You were like breathing really heavily. I was like worried for you for a second there because I know this man loves Luca, right? Like, oh, like imagine. Yo, you think the the Giannis sweepstakes were a big deal for for Matt over here? If Luca was suddenly available and the Raptors were gonna go for him, this guy would sell his unborn child for Luca at this point. Like, I don't know about yeah, that. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> okay, so. So let's let's move along here. Let's talk let's talk about some other players. Like I think I have to talk about Golden State now a little bit. You know, we brought them up recently, but you know, outside of just the trades, there is the Steph Curry injury that we have to talk about, you know. Yeah. The man like tore, I'm not exactly sure what he tore in his leg, but he's going to be out for a few weeks. So Golden State's in a, a tough place. Is that his third injury this year? I think so, considering, this you know, season? It, it, the fragility over the past few years we talk about small players we talk about small point guards and how their careers as they get older starts to really crumble tough situation for golden state because if curry's not available man no thank you i find it so funny because everybody like sees lebron at 38 years old and they're like yeah you know kevin durant steph curry all these guys are gonna make it to 38 and be this impactful and i think like you know typically if you look at the nba after 35 36 guys really don't like especially even at that elite tier like kareem abdul jabbar yes he won championships in his later years but he was playing with magic johnson who was arguably a top two player of of his era at the time and so like and lebron he's still a top 10 player and anthony davis is just letting him down so hard but I don't think that, like, Steph Curry is going to be like this for the rest of his career. I think that he's already showed that he's more injury-prone. Kevin Durant's already shown that they're more injury-prone. I know that they did the, you know, they got Gary Payton the second, and they traded, you know, Wiseman. But, like, it was it's not good what they did, man. Like, I don't I don't love what Golden State did this year. They so, got they they got, they got in bed with a bunch of those second-round picks so they could get Gary Payton back. I mean – you know, maybe he'll be a good locker room presence for them. Getting rid of Wiseman, I think, considering they weren't using him, is the right play at this point in time. And and Wiseman gets to go to Detroit, you know, gets to join the Reclamation Project. You know, they're building up a brand new Mustang out of really old parts down in Detroit. But, yeah, Golden State, man, nothing more to say besides, you know, hopefully Andrew Wiggins can keep them afloat at this point. And Clay Thompson has been playing well, I guess. So that's their hope. But, yeah, yeah, sad. And it's... It's just not great for them. It was really not great. So it is what it is. I mean, there's there was quite a few other deals, you know, that we could talk about. But the other day we talked about the big ones. Do you want to talk about, you know, the streaks that are going on? Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl at all? Like, where well, where is your head at? Before we move on, we have to talk about the most important player that got moved at this deadline. Okay, he's now a Boston Celtic. I hate that he's a Boston Celtic. Okay, my guy Mike Muscala, the legend himself. <laughs> Gets moved. Hey, look, he was worth Justin Jackson and two second round picks. All right, I can't. I can't. Mike Muscala, baby. I cannot talk about my boy Mike Muscala. Two K legend for me over here. But yeah, 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 not much more to say. We can we can talk about the Bucks on an eight game win streak. We could talk about the Pelicans turning their season around after being on a ridiculous losing streak. But 
honestly, man, I, I think we've done a pretty good job here. Yeah, man. I mean, the Spurs are pretty garbage. The the Grizzlies have been two and eight, man. They have not been good lately. So, but I would like to, you know, maybe talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. It's a big game this weekend, man. I think it's probably going to be one of the better Super Bowls that we've had over the last decade. Ooh. How are you feeling about it? I mean, I'm like kind of asleep on it because I realized that a week just like flew by all of a sudden. I've been so, so busy, so busy. And I'm like, oh, it's a Super Bowl this weekend. And I'm getting really amped up for it out of a sudden. So now I'm over here and I'm thinking to myself, okay, I've pulled a pretty good job so far with my takes. Is Mahomes going to be too injured? Will he be able to get them across the line? And on the other side, we've got this Eagles team, right? This team that I think slowly crept their way into the conversation over the last few years. And I have a distinct memory of being a fan of this Eagles team when they were coming out of nowhere. So I want to believe in them. But at the end of the day, Matt knows I just want good football. I'm here for success for the fans. I want the NFL to end with a banger. And thankfully, Patrick Mahomes is in it, right? He is the undisputed next goat of QBs probably at this point. And hopefully he'll be able to pull it out. But I'm expecting a good game on Sunday. Bro, um, I can't believe I just left you to do football chat by yourself. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Um, but, you know. <laughs> um, actually, though, I think it's going to be a great game. I think that... Yeah, we got Patrick Mahomes in it and the Kansas City Chiefs, who were like, you know, five straight years of, of dominant football. Like, to make the AFC Championship game as your worst season as an NFL starter. Crazy. I think it's just, yeah, it's insanity. Um, and I think Jalen Hurts has had a fabulous season. I think the Eagles team, because they haven't played anybody, are kind of being slightly disrespected by the media. Um, I think that their team is that good on defense like i really think and i think on offense they have a proper identity they've got a big play threat in, in aj brown and devonta smith i think that it's going to be a very very close game and i am so on the fence about this man i've been feeling like the eagles are gonna win it for a really you know for a lot of like heady reasons like putting all my logic into it yeah. But then for some reason, my heart is just telling me the Kansas City Chiefs. I just, I think Patrick Mahomes is him, man. Like, that one-legged performance two weeks ago was just unbelievable. Um, and I just, I, I feel like he's he's got it locked in, man. I feel like, you know, he's been there, he's done that. But, hey, there's a guy on Twitter who put out, like, the, the 10 Super Bowl champions from, like, 2016 to 2026. Okay. Um, and he's been perfect. He's hit on a hundred percent of them Ooh. so far, and he does have the Eagles winning this Super Bowl this year. So maybe, maybe the Eagles do win. I mean, you can't always be perfect, but I love when predictions just like ride that line of being that close. I was reading an article from 2016. Uh, a couple days ago of like 2023 NBA all-stars and you would be amazed at like how 80% of them were absolutely correct. So, Hey man, the guy is on a trend. Maybe he'll keep it going. Personally, is he a time traveler, <laughs> man, anything's possible. You think about this day and age and how people are able to make so much money out of nowhere. Like they've got, to know what's going to go on in the future. Right. Anyways, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked okay. here. I'm getting sidetracked, but yeah, I'm, I'm team Eagles all the way because I, I want to see them, you know, 
kind of pull that season all together, kind of come out of nowhere and be like, hey, guys, we did it. But, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes, man. The guy is unreal. If 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 the Eagles are going to win, if if Patrick has to lose, I, I expect to see greatness from the man, irregardless, you know? Oh, he's definitely going to have a great game. I just I think that the Eagles are going to be able to get after him pretty easily. Um, well, not easily, but they'll get after him. And I think the, the injury is going to make him a little bit slower and a little bit less elusive than he normally is. Mm-hmm. It's going to lead to a little bit more – you know, hits a little bit more pressure, a little bit more ability to sack him. And so that's going to really, I think, hold their offense back. That's the biggest worry for me, because like, if we're just going to kind of slide into our predictions here, like you said, you know, you might be team Eagle. And so I think I'm team chief. Um, Every logical bone in my body is telling me that it's going to be the Eagles, man. Like I'm serious. Um, I don't know what it is. I, I feel like they've got the better defense. They've got the better offensive line. They've got the better, you know, defensive backs. Uh, wide receivers pass catching group like everything and they have technically a guy who was a top three quarterback this year like it's hard to argue against Jalen Hurts being a top three quarterback this year so yeah you have the number one quarterback for sure but your roster everywhere else isn't as good and and he's hurt so how much can he pull out I'm thinking it's gonna be just by the skin of his teeth just enough when you think about the GOAT debate, you think about what it takes to be that good at your craft. Well, Patrick Mahomes is, is that good. And so when you have somebody who is that capable in the driver's seat, in the most important role in your sport, why can you not believe in him, right? So that that's why people are going to believe in this team. That's why the, the Chiefs are here. That's, let's be honest here, right? You take out Patrick Mahomes and the last five years are a completely different story for this franchise. Either way, Super Bowl Sunday, man, it's here. We're getting excited. The whole world is ready to tune in. North America, America themselves are ready to sit on that couch, bring out the big tray of nachos, get some chicken wings, pizza, whatever it takes. It's it's going to be a good Sunday. Absolutely. Yeah, man, it's going to be – it always is a good Sunday, man. But, oh, what a crazy, crazy Thursday with the deadline and, you know, the Super Bowl coming up. Just too much to talk about, really. <laughs> it's been it's been a time. It's been crazy. I'm going to be very unsurprised when we push stop on this record and then suddenly there's a new trade out of the NBA that just wasn't finalized in time because that's how it works for us. But, yeah, man, Team Eagles over here for my prediction. Team Chiefs over there for you. Anything else this week, my friend? No, man, I think you're good to wrap us up. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up and check out theboardsports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.